Our King and Savior now draws near. Come, let us adore him. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Maybe you remember all the way back to Thanksgiving time and there were things called Black Friday and Small Business Saturday and Cyber Monday and then one new to me, but I hope it's not new. It certainly was very effective, Giving Tuesday. And so nonprofits and uh, religious groups and charities all over the country realized this amazing uh, flow of generosity. I used to really uh, dislike the commercialization of Christmas. And then I, I figured out that Christians are really not required to be distracted. They actually can prepare on their own for the festival of our Lord's birth. It still works. It still works. And that's because along with those other days, we have blue Sundays, Advent. And a rose-colored Sunday as well, like today. And with these Sundays, we have a chance to anticipate a glorious feast of the Lord. The one that understands that God was up to something amazing by joining this human lot and bringing grace and mercy to us all. In Advent, there's every likelihood that we will feel that need for grace and mercy, and we will look to God. Just as we hear prophets talking in centuries ago about the coming of the Messiah, we feel those longings. And we, in fact, anticipate a glorious celebration of Christmas as the first advent of our Savior. The blue candles, sometimes they're purple, have a tone that is a royal color anticipating the coming king of heaven and earth. Very often, and certainly here in our faith community, we have a rose or pink candle that notes a theme of joy on the third Sunday. Like the prayers that we had lighting the candle today, they note, they, they, they perk in us this note of joy because of the nearness of our Lord's birth. It's a glorious thing to be anticipating and then to be so excited about this day that comes that joy floods in. If we think of the themes of Advent as uh, having to do with hope, of, with love, with joy, and with peace, these things are indeed felt strongly and deeply as we move toward that festival. And they pick up in us our own needs and our own situations in life. Often the third Sunday of Advent has a chance for us to also think about 
the Blessed Virgin Mary, who is the one that God approached to invite her to bear the Christ into the world. So that the word of God from the beginning would have a chance to be involved in our lives, to be one with us, God with us. And it was a, an invitation to which Mary needed to respond. It was a, a chance for her to say yes to the Lord's bidding that she would be the mother of the Savior. The Eastern Orthodox tradition often calls Mary Theotokos, the, the Greek word for God-bearer. And on the third Sunday of Advent, I hope that we are all thinking of her and then thinking of ourselves as also being asked to bear the word of God into the world ourselves. There is a yes invited from all of us. There are some people in the world that you will meet and you will be the only Bible that they will read. And they might need to hear from you the word of God in your actions, in your approach to them, in your listening ear. You, if your ear is a listening ear, then they will have a chance to be heard. And so the word of God continues to be made flesh as Christians come to see themselves as God-bearers following the example of Mary. I love a couple of uh, the hymns that I'm thinking about today. One, because it's our communion hymn, an ancient hymn, and one because it's a very modern hymn, and I'd like to read a little bit of each of them to you today. And listen up and sing along when you get to the time of communion for this wonderful hymn, Savior of the Nations, Come. Savior of the Nations, Come, Virgin Son, Make here your home. Marvel now, both heaven and earth, that the Lord chose such a birth. O oh, wondrous birth. O oh, wondrous child of the virgin, undefiled. Mighty God, yet Mary's son, eager now his race to run. And we see something of Jesus' eagerness at the running of his race when we listen to the gospel that is ours today. John the Baptist, who has signaled that Jesus was the Lamb of God that was to come and to be our Savior, is now in a very different place. He's in a dank prison. And he's even sending a message to Jesus because of his own situation. Ask him, ask him for me. Are you the one who is to come or shall I expect another? No doubt with John's early enthusiasm, 
Look at him. Behold him. This is the Lamb of God. I must decrease, but this one, he must increase. Now has turned to, gosh, was it all right? I've seen nothing but these walls and these chains. When Jesus gets the word from John in prison, Jesus says, go back and you tell him, that the blind see, that the lame walk, that lepers are cured, that the poor are receiving the good news, that the dead are raised from the dead. In other words, the kingdom is having its way in this difficult world. We never hear about John's having received that response and getting that consolation. But Jesus is about the work of running his race eagerly to show that the kingdom has come. And he will run with it all the way to the most difficult time of his life, to that time where he is asked to suffer for the sake of the whole world. I'd like to interject that other. It's a modern song, and maybe some of you have heard it. I, I, I wish we were singing it in a way. It's almost a, a lullaby, but the work of, of Chris Rice. And uh, he writes this, and it has the quality, really, of, of one of these ancient hymns that we love so much. Tears are falling. Hearts are breaking. How we need to hear from God. You've been promised. We've been waiting. Welcome, holy child. Hope that you don't mind our manger. How I wish we would have known. But long-awaited stranger, make yourself at home. Please, make yourself at home. Bring your peace into our violence. Bid our hungry souls be fed, filled. Word now breaking heaven's silence, welcome to our world. This is, this is beautiful, showing Mary's son, yet mighty God. Fragile finger sent to heal us. Tender brow prepared for thorn, tiny heart whose blood will save us, unto us is born. So wrap our injured flesh around you. Breathe our air. Walk our sod. Rob our sin and make us holy. Perfect son of God perfect Son of God. It shows the amazing reality of what Mary was doing when she said, yes, I will bear this Savior into the world. There's a treatise that, that was out about 202 A.D. by Irenaeus, one of the early church fathers, the, the bishop in Gaul. 
And in this treatise, it shows the, the, the creative and, and open nature of these early church writers in how they read the scriptures. He makes a comparison between what happened in the garden when our own humanity was undone by ourselves, by our own listening to a lie from the serpent that was there, and compares that against how we were remade when, after Mary said yes, the Christ was born into our midst. Irenaeus writes, Lord coming into his own creation in visible form was sustained by his own creation, which he himself sustains in being. His obedience on the tree of the cross reversed the disobedience at that tree in Eden. The good news of the truth announced by an angel to Mary undid the evil lie that seduced Eve. So think about this for a moment. Mary was asked, will you allow the fruit of God's own saving reality be born into the world? Just as Eve was asked, oh, do you really believe all that about the fruit on this tree? And so what happened was that our nature intended for us was restored for us. The fruit of the tree that Eve, poor Eve, was lied to and fooled into taking left us all in the same position. And yet Mary, instead of taking fruit, she gave it. And the fruit of that tree of Calvary became the fruit that brought us into right relationship with God. And so on this Sunday, we think of Mary and we think still more deeply about the one she bore. And we pray that God would bring us to a place where we were willing to share the word of God with those around us. Amen.